Welcome. Thank you for checking out my podcast, Talking Nonfiction. This is the first of 10 episodes I have planned, and in each episode, I'll take 10 minutes or less to tell you about five great books on real topics. These are my favorite, most highly recommended reads from the last 10 to 12 years, over which time I've read roughly 30 works of nonfiction annually and wrote about each on my writing blog at wordswrittendown.com. With these 10 episodes, I'll be quickly talking about the works of nonfiction that most resonated with me, letting you know both what the book is and why it struck me as great. Each of the episodes has a defined theme to it, including categories like memoirs, personal growth, sports, or history. Let's get started with some great memoirs, some of which you may already know, and some of which will hopefully be new to you. Lab Girl by Hope Jarin was written by a geochemist and geobiologist, someone who studies trees, flowers, seeds, and soil. One thing I love about this book is it's on a topic I wouldn't have expected to find engrossing, but certainly did. Jarin grew up the daughter of a scientist in small-town Minnesota, and science appealed to her when she was young as it was so much about doing and working with things. The book is about science and Jarin's love of it, but even more so, it's about her life and a friendship and work partnership that she formed while still a grad student. Those great tales of she and her colleague acting as co-conspirators in life and work, traveling the world doing both. In many ways, the book's like a traveling road trip tale, featuring two people on the same wavelength, both in how they interacted with each other and with their students, teaching them to dive into their work. Jaren describes her work partner as someone eclectic, loyal, and interesting, and about herself, she writes on her struggles with anxiety and depression. It's an open and an honest book, one that's interesting and with lyrical and excellent writing. The second memoir to talk about is Educated by Tara Westover. It's a compelling autobiography about someone growing up in the mountains of Idaho in a family ruled by a patriarch who preached of the evils of government and espoused a life lived off the grid. Westover was the youngest of seven children, and like several of her brothers and sisters, neither attended school in her early childhood nor went to the doctor. Throughout her youth, the dangers that Westover's father exposed his family to were remarkable, including how he owned a junkyard and he'd have his children in it scavenging for scrap metal. Her mother was a midwife and herbalist, someone using plants to treat all injuries. Westover also had a violent and domineering older brother, and her father's unwillingness to do anything to protect those around him was a sort of tipping point between she and her parents, leading, as she wrote in the book, to a choice between loyalty to self and loyalty to family. She left home. She went to college at BYU with subsequent study at Cambridge and Harvard. Westover's success, despite her circumstances, is remarkable and showed that it's her life, not that of others and what others wanted her to be. As she notes in the book, who writes history? I do. The third book to talk about is Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. It's a compelling memoir by someone born into difficult circumstances who, with help provided along the way, graduated Yale Law and went on to become a principal at a Silicon Valley investment firm. Vance grew up in the Rust Belt city of Middletown, Ohio, with his grandparents from the Appalachian town of Jackson, Kentucky. He writes of the upheaval and uncertainty for kids growing up in that region, and how he doesn't view himself as a genius preordained to make it out, 
but rather someone shepherded during the times he most needed stability. When his mom would either be on a bender or otherwise busy switching from one failed male relationship to another, Vance was able to go to his grandmother or even rely on his older sister. He lived full-time with his grandmother the last few years of high school and then spent four years in the Army prior to attending Ohio State University and Yale Law School. The book's a fast read and interesting in that it tells the story of Vance's upbringing and also the themes related to his success. There's both the need for kids to have stability growing up and notion that a large problem can be a scarcity of a culture of hard work and the idea that someone can, in fact, overcome obstacles and have control over their life, effectively breaking out of a cycle. When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi is by the late neurosurgeon who died from cancer in March 2015, survived by his wife and their young daughter. Kalanithi attended Stanford, completing degrees in human biology and English literature, and went through medical school at Yale. He decided to practice neurosurgery, and the book shows his interest in the counseling of a patient or loved one of a patient, taking them through horrific decisions and times, providing almost a pastoral role in relation to medicine. When he was about to embark on the next phase of his career, Kalanithi was diagnosed with terminal cancer and notes how he returned to performing surgery with him writing, even if I'm dying, until I actually die, I am still living. He and his wife decided after the diagnosis to have a child, and his cancer began to resist the medications he was on some five months after his daughter born, with Kalanithi then dying three months later. The book is profound, sad, uplifting, and a well-crafted account by someone who knew that his time was short, didn't know exactly how short it would be, and fought to extend his life, with him quoting Samuel Beckett with, I can't go on, I'll go on. Not Fade Away by Peter Barton is the fifth memoir to cover. It's from the former CEO of Liberty Media, co-written with writer and journalist Lawrence Shames about Barton's life and his death from stomach cancer in 2002 at the age of 51. The subtitle of the book is A Short Life Well Lived, and Shames noted how Barton, in response to a question of why spend time on it while dying, said he wanted his kids to know more about who he was and what he valued. When writing about his childhood, Barton noted that he became a good student and when he realized that school basically is a game, and as with any game, it's more fun if you win. Barton went to business school and coming out of that, sent letters to 231 CEOs, offering to work for free for 90 days, had 123 of them respond, and wound up with the cable company TCI, led by John Malone. The company became Liberty Media under Malone and Barton, and after Barton retired from Liberty at 45, he would take his kids and their friends on what he called real-world outings to see how people made their livings. Barton wrote in the book how he realized, while in a particularly difficult time with his cancer, that finding a point to continue fighting became the point. And just prior to the epilogue, wrote of his life, I really tried, I did my best. five books I covered are all great memoirs, and if you've not read them, I highly recommend any of Lab Girl by Hope Sharon, Educated by Tara Westover, Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance, When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi, and Not Fade Away by Peter Barton. I'm glad you took the time to listen this far. If you liked what you heard, please rate the podcast, leave a review, and subscribe, as next episode I'll be talking about five great nonfiction books on the topic of justice.